Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Well, a big howdy. Hey, hello to all the TCK Pod listeners out there. This is your boy, Dweez. Nuts coming at you here on a Tuesday to give you a quick hitter stat rat episode. I know uh, we've done uh, longer episodes in the past on the topic, but uh, as it's just me for now, we're shooting for a short 15 to 20 minute. We'll see. I like to talk. I like to hear myself talk. So it might not always be short, but we'll do what we can for you guys. Um, I don't know how many episodes this is into Sky's deal here. TCK Pod is a prolific podcast. If you're just tuning in for the first time, go make sure you check out. Every day something new is dropping on the website, tckpod.com. Now let's dive into the topic for the day. This is a Stat Rat episode. What that means in short is uh, if you're looking at if you're looking at players' stats from a 10,000-foot view, you're looking at where they're at weeks one through three at this point to decide who you want to go after in trades, who you want to go after on your waiver wire. You're missing the point. Stats can be deceiving. I'm here to break down those large view stats into day-to-day actual what's going on on the field information that you can use to take advantage of the people that don't know how to dig deep in your league. So that's what we're doing. We're digging deep. I'm going to give you a couple of guys that I think are better than advertised thus far on the season. I'm going to give you a couple of guys that are worse than advertised at this point. Some targets to trade for. Some targets to go swoop up off your waiver wire. And then a couple that you should avoid like the plague. So without further ado, let's jump on in. Let's start with the good news here. Better than advertised player that I think people should be going out and trading for right now is David Johnson. Now, I know David Johnson's game lines don't look very good right now. Touching the ball between 10 and 15 times with very minimal success thus far on the season. But if we break this down and look a little closer, there's good reason for that. And there's reason to hope for the future. If we look at week one, for example, versus KF, uh, not KFC, sorry, that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, David Johnson went for seven yards per carry, 11 carries, 77 yards on the ground. More importantly, 74% of the running back touches. That's with Duke Johnson in the game. I know some people were concerned that Duke was still going to get some work. But David Johnson took 74% of that carry work, uh, total touch load, even with Duke in the game, I think he out-targeted him 4-1 to one in the passing game as well, which is really promising. A 57 to 17% snap share dominance in that week one performance. Now, it was sort of a tough game script, which meant that there were zero back personnel groupings more often than Bill O'Brien would have liked. 
um, in that week one performance. So we had a limited opportunity for David Johnson, even though he was getting the huge bulk of the team's chance, which is what you want to see when you're looking for a back that you might be able to get value out of. Uh, He did score a touchdown from the 19-yard line on a beautiful run in that first week, but there was a tough break on a second potential touchdown when Watson took the read option, kept it for himself to avoid a crashing linebacker. It was the right call, but it was hard to watch if you're a David Johnson owner. Uh, As a matter of fact, look, this team has only had four red zone rushing attempts thus far on the year, and David Johnson has two of them. By the way, he has scored on them both. Deshaun Watson had the one in week one and last week in week three. C.J. Procise had one that went absolutely nowhere. There was a lot to like in week one. Now we went to go to week two where the Houston Texans took on the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is number one against running backs for fantasy purposes this season. Um, so you can't expect much there. That's a game where you have to kind of overlook the end game performance and look instead to the snap share the touch share was this guy getting his opportunity and fact is you know he had every single running back touch in that game sure Duke Johnson was out to injury in this one but he had every single running back touch and he out snapped CJ Procise the other back to play in this game 56 snaps to three snaps you cannot ask for more than that when you're looking at a running back value. You want opportunity. I'd say that's opportunity. It was not a game where you could have ever expected the running game to get going here. So look past the end game line. Look to the opportunity line, and you'll see bright things here in Week 2 for David Johnson. You go to Week 3, Pittsburgh Steelers, number 4 against running backs thus far on the season. Another really solid defensive front. So again, look past the finish game line, even though DJ did score a touchdown, which was nice. We have to look to the opportunity line here. Now, in this game, David Johnson takes 15 of the 17 total running back touches. 45 of the 47 running back snaps went to David Johnson in this game. Again, a bad game, a bad matchup, a bad defense to play running backs against. But we saw everything we needed to see from David Johnson in all three of these weeks to feel good about rolling him out there. Go get him. Go trade for him now. You can get him on the cheap. His competition is getting easier. But that volume work, that load, that sh- that share of the load that he's getting uh, is second to few in the league, especially with CMC out. So go do that. Let's flip the script real quick. Look at a guy that is worse than advertised on the year thus far. Uh, It's a wide receiver. It's my boy Robert Woods. Now, I love Robert Woods, but if you have him, you should probably be looking to trade him right now. Uh, We can break him down week by week and get a little better idea of what's happening. Sure, he is a the wide receiver 11 in PPR, the wide receiver 8.5 point PPR if that's what you're playing. Uh, But that's the 10,000 foot view. We need to break this down to get a better idea of what's actually happening on this team in this wide receiver room and on the field when LA steps out there. So let's look week by week. In week one, Robert Woods gets to play against the Dallas Cowboys, whose secondary looks to be one of the worst in the league so far. Those games, whenever anybody plays against those Dallas Cowboys, you should expect big things. They've given up four 100-yard receivers already only played in three games. Yes, Robert Woods was one of them. Fantastic. Led the team in targets. We like to see that. Now we move on to week two. 
the LA Rams get to play Philadelphia. Different story here. Uh, Woods got shut down nearly completely in the receiving game. Two catches for 14 yards on five targets, guys. Now, he did get a fluky rushing touchdown to save his day. And I say fluky because it's the third of his career now, each of the last three years, he scored one of those, but it's not like we can expect him to score a bunch of rushing touchdowns, especially as this uh, three-headed monster of the of a running game gets going. Cam Akers comes back healthy. Don't expect that. Let's look at that receiving work in game two. It was ugly. It was ugly. The touchdown saved his fantasy day, but it is not something we can count on moving forward, which is what you want to see in a guy like Woods, who when you draft him, you draft him for his floor. Moving on to week three, the Buffalo Bills come to town, and it was a nice day. Five catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. This is a good day. It's a good Robert Woods day. Is it a blow your lid off day? Absolutely not. You know who had one of those, though? That's Cooper Cup. On the other side of the field, nine for 107 and a touchdown in that game to Cooper Cup. Cup seemed to be the recipient of all the love this past week, not Robert Woods. In fact, Cooper Cup has out-targeted Robert Woods in two out of three games, the last two games we've seen in the season. Not something you love to see. More to the point, uh, and, and this one's a little bit disturbing for me, guys, as a Robert Woods owner myself. Right now, he's on pace, should should what we've seen thus far continue, to go for about half of his average depth of target from 2019 and one-third of his average depth of target from 2018. He's getting about four yards, intended air yards anyway, per pass. That's no good. In those two previous seasons, 19 and 18, where he went significantly further downfield on his routes, those were the only two seasons he's been anywhere near a 1,000 yards in his career. He needs those air yards to make that happen. I'm concerned what I've seen so far. Four air yards per target, not going to get it done for this guy. Uh, and then there's the biggest issue of them all when you talk about Robert Woods. And that's his touchdowns. At the pace that he's going, he's going to end up with five touchdowns, which is where Robert Woods finishes. That's just who he is. Now, unfortunately, when you drafted this guy this season and he was going high, you probably were hoping for a touchdown uptick with Brandon Cooks off the team. It doesn't so far look like we're going to get that. There's a lot of reasons to expect that this needle to continue to go in the wrong direction for Robert Woods. Go trade him while he has as much value as he's likely to have on the season, guys. Definitely a worse than advertised guy. Now let's look at some waiver wire players that you might want to pick up or might want to avoid. First, let's start on the positive side of things. Better than advertised, that's Miles Gaskin. I know Miles Gaskin, you know, we were jacked about Jordan Howard, or at least I was going to Miami this season. We saw Matt Breida come in and we thought, hey, that's a hell of a one-two combination. As it turns out, that was a 2-3 combination, and Miles Gaskin is 100% the guy on this team. With with a guy like Gaskin, second-year guy uh, on a new offense, what you want to see is him improving, getting more and more work week over week, and that is exactly what's happening so far. In week one, Gaskin took 59% of the snaps, 46% of the rushing or the running back touches, and 67% of the running back targets. In week two, he goes from 59 to 64% of the snap share. 
He goes from 46% of the touches to 50% of the touches. And from 67% of the running back targets to 78% of those running back targets. Finally, last week in week three, the first week where we saw this Miami offense start clicking, start looking good. Fitzpatrick looked good this week. Gaskin took another step forward, going from 64% snap share to a 74% snap share, a 50% running back touch share to an 82% touch share. And last week he got 100% of the running back targets on this team. These things are going in the right direction for an offense that will be better than they started on week one. I love what I'm seeing for Gaskin. Now, he hasn't had a huge blow-up game yet, so this is an opportunity to go snag him. I think he's 42% owned in Yahoo when I checked last. Go take a look to see if he's available. And you know what? If he's owned already, somebody that you should probably throw a cheap trade offer to. A couple other reasons that I love Gaskin's 80% of the team's running back target share so far on the year. You heard me say he had 100% last year. That receiving work will give him a floor that's safe in most games and keeps him totally game script proof. The one concern you had after the first couple of weeks of the year was the goal line work, the touchdown work. Touchdown work. Jordan Howard seemed to have this locked up. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not the case. That's not the case. Okay, in fact, Miles Gaskin has the 13th most red zone carries in the entire league not just running backs, guys. I'm including quarterbacks, and there are three or four ahead of them. 13th most in the league. In fact, inside the 10-yard line on the season, Gaskin has five carries to Jordan Howard's eight carries. We can go a little further. Inside the five-yard line last week, in week three, Gaskin had three carries to Jordan Howard's two carries. Guys, the biggest concern about this guy was that he wasn't going to get the goal line work, wasn't going to get the short yardage, wasn't going to score touchdowns. But again, the needle is moving in his direction. Three to two lead over Howard from inside the five last week. You need to pay attention to this guy. You need to get him on your roster before he's ungettable, which might be one more week, maybe two. One more guy I want to hit you guys with. This is a worth worse than advertised potential waiver wire, somebody is going to, in your league, put fab dollars in a bid on Andy Isabella. Please make sure you're not one of those guys. He had four for four catches this past week, two touchdowns this past week. I'm willing to bet people are going to spend a good amount of money on him, $15, $20 even. The idiots in your league, don't be that idiot. He only had a 40% snap share in this week three game. That's compared to Nook's 94%, Larry Fitzgerald's 86%, and Keyson Johnson 71%. Guys, Keyson Johnson almost doubled Andy Isabella's snap share. Now Isabella had those four targets, but that's compared to Nook's 12, Larry Fitzgerald's 3, and Keyson Johnson's 7 people. Andy Isabella got two fluky touchdowns. That's all he got. Now, probably not next week, but the week after week five, Christian Kirk will be coming back from his groin injury, and that's going to relegate Isabella back to the fourth or maybe fifth in snap share out of this wide receiver room, right around 17%, which is where he was in week one and where he was in week two. Don't buy the fluky stuff. Four targets is not enough, even with two touchdowns, when he's only getting a 40% fourth best on his team snap share. So avoid Andy Isabella. 
Go put a bid on Miles Gaskin right now. Trade for David Johnson and do whatever you can to get value out of Robert Woods right now. That's the best you're going to do with these guys. That is it for the week. That is our stat rat for the week. Remember, if you're taking the long view on these stats and just looking where these guys are finishing, that's not enough. We need to break it down. And if you don't have the time, energy, or know-how, come back here every Tuesday and your boy Dweez Nuts will take care of it for you. That is me. I am Dweez Nuts. Please find me on Twitter. All these no S's. Just shoot me an at hello. If you're a TCK pod listener, I'm still relatively new to the family. I want to know who you are. I want to have a conversation with you. Hit me up on Twitter. That's the best place to find me. If you find yourself with 90 free minutes in the car this week, check out my other podcast, Your Football Fantasy. You can find that anywhere you want. It's three or four dudes getting drunk talking football every week. A lot of fun. If you don't have that time, uh, you can find me he- right here again with Sky on Thursday where we'll be hitting the late slate game preview. We'll do Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and all of the late slate Sunday afternoon games for you. Look, it's been fun. Stat Rat's my favorite thing. I love to dig deep. So join me next time. We'll do this again, and we'll find those diamonds in the rough for you so that you can dominate your league. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.